City. Oh, can we talk about Motown for a moment? We could. <laughs> Anything past or north of eight miles was mostly white. Everything changed when I turned 18. <laughs> and, and it's because of the things that life throws at you. And like I said, you can have the best laid plans and then a, pan a hundred year pandemic comes along that no one's ever expected to happen. I should have stayed in the room. Banded Roots is a podcast aimed at discussing a multitude of stories and experiences with people who come from different walks of life. Let's talk about Roots, baby. Let's talk about unifying we. Let's talk about all the good things and the dope things being black can be. Let's talk about reinventing your life after 50 in Shanghai. Yellow, hello, hi. It's Aaliyah. <laughs> also known as Leah, to those who know me well enough to think they can call me Leah. Today, I am joined by Carla. Carla, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yes, thank you, Aaliyah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Carla, and I am from the United States originally, and I have been in Shanghai uh, since 2018. Since 2018, yes. the high, you've been, apparently we're going about calling it the high now instead of Shanghai. Trying to be cool. Trying to be cool. I don't think it's necessary. I don't. I think Shanghai is just fine. So, Carla, you are from the United States. Yes. Where exactly in the United States? I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, so, Michigan. Motown in the Motor City. Oh, can we talk about Motown for a moment? We could. <laughs> I don't know how much I can contribute. <laughs> no, I just love Motown. That was some good music. <clears throat> yes. And can you tell me about your whole background, you know, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, and also maybe because you are a black woman, if there are any things, anything that you faced being a black woman in that environment mm. as well when you're growing up? Or was it just chilled? I don't know. Well, have you ever seen the movie Crooklyn? Crooklyn? Yes. But No, but you're about to tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Spike Lee film, and um, it was uh, based in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in the 70s in, in Detroit. Uh, so my childhood as a little black girl in Detroit was awesome. <laughs> what? It was awesome. I want to hear yeah. all about it. It sounds Oh, I could sick. take up a full off, uh, hour just talking about living uh, in Detroit as a little girl. Uh, my father worked for General Motors, and my mother, she worked. Uh, she was a government employee. Uh, and I had uh, one younger sister uh, while they were married. And we just, I just had the best childhood. I, I, I can't even, uh, I have no complaints. That's everything changed when I turned eighteen. <laughs> when you turned eighteen, I shouldn't have grown up <laughs> because it was it was just great. And you know, Detroit uh, at that time was quite segregated. Mm. So anything past or north of eight miles it was mostly white uh, communities. We we uh, stayed south of that, and I actually didn't really. Uh, how can I say it? I didn't. Uh, uh, have any have a lot of friends outside of my race until after I gradu graduated from high school, uh, mm -hmm. and even after going to college. Because even when I went to college, I went to an HBCU yeah. for two years. And please uh, explain an HBCU. I understand it, but for yes. the listeners, so HBCU is an acronym for Historically Black College, and mm -hmm. I was accepted uh, to Spelman College in Atlanta, That's Georgia. Yeah, it was a good one. Two years there. Um, and so, you know, being there, I still was around my people. I yeah. didn't really have a lot of uh, interactions with anyone outside of my race until I entered the workplace. So That's interesting because <laughs> I could say the exact opposite for me. Yeah. It was all white. All different races yeah. throughout my whole entire life. And I guess, I, I guess I'm very much blessed in that regard. Uh, and I don't know how it is in America. There's so many things, there's so many nuances that we as South African people of color um, don't know mm -hmm. with America. Because you interact differently. Your history is different. There's so many differences. And seeing as that it's Black History Month, 
in America. Yes. I have to be very clear. It's Black History Month in America. Yes. Not necessarily the rest of the world because <laughs> it is something that, ooh, look, if we could see, if the <laughs> listeners could see and anyone else listening, if you could actually see what is happening here, we have... <laughs> so I have my Ms. Black Carla History shirt on today. Ain't I though, Sojourner yes. Truth? I'm so going to. You know to... the history of Sojourner Truth. She was a slave in, in America and uh, she was really the first feminist, mm. I would say. And Ain't I though is just uh, a contraction of her phrase, Ain't I, ain't I a Woman Too? Ooh. Yeah. I... So... <laughs> it's riveting. Yeah. It causes some goosebumps. So I have my Black History Month shirt on that's only celebrated supposedly in America. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we recognize it. Yeah. We recognize it throughout the world, I think, uh, particularly for sure in South Africa. But there are practices or traditions or things that you might do as Americans that we would not understand or, or do. Um, but we definitely recognize it. And we recognize the how black, black people influences history historical figures mm. have influenced the world today, yes. whether it be through music, whether it be through sports, sports, all of the things, mm-hmm. all of the ting, ting, tings. Um, you black Americans have done a lot for us and, and the rest of the world. So we are forever grateful. Oh, I just would like to say we are grateful and we recognize and we see you. Yes. And we appreciate you. But moving back Onto the actual topic. I would like us to start talking a little bit more about you. Uh, because the topic for today is reinventing your life after 50 in Shanghai. Now, what does reinvent even mean at this point? Because <sighs> to reinvent your life, to recreate it, to re-everything... Yeah. Because now you definitely are the author of your own story, for sure. But, you know, you've you've, you've lived a life already yeah. before this. So <clears throat> I think I think it'd be fair to ask, I'd hope so. Yeah. What, could you tell me what were the things that led to this point of you being in Shanghai? Oh, gosh. So <clears throat> prior to coming to Shanghai, as I said, I... Uh, after high school, I was accepted to Spelman, and I uh, attended two years there, but it was uh, cut off by me becoming a mother, getting married, <clears throat> all those yeah. things, getting divorced, and uh, finally able to go back to school. Mm-hmm. So I kind of reinvented myself there uh, after um, receiving my degree. I progressed in my career, and actually, I was I, when I turned fifty. I was preparing to okay, wind down and get myself together mm-hmm. and prepare for retirement. And then I was called into a conference room one day unexpectedly and said, "You don't have a job anymore. We're eliminating your position." Uh, Effective today. (laughs) Effective immediately. Effective immediately. I had no idea this was coming. So. And where were you working? Sorry to. to... So uh, I have been working as a corporate buyer for years, Mm. and uh, at this at that particular time, I had relocated to Kentucky, of all places. Kentucky, Bowling Green, Kentucky, the home of the Chevrolet Corvette. That's what it's known for. It's not uh, Kentucky KFC. That was yeah. super cheesy. No, is that really? Absolutely, yeah. It was, oh. It's uh, the uh, <laughs> no, the kernel was created <laughs> okay. in Kentucky as well, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's another, uh, another uh, I guess, uh, point of Kentucky or what makes it famous is <laughs> the chicken. Corvette and the chicken. <laughs> so... I had to figure out what I wanted to do with my life then. Did I want to continue uh, basically in an industry that I was gradually becoming unhappy with, but I had been there for so long, uh, I just made it work, so to speak. You make know? it work. You make it work. You, you, uh, you set your own 
um, your own pace, your own, I'm losing my train of thought, but you just, you just, I just made my, my path. And I thought I was creating a good path. And once I got that blow, I decided, okay, what am I going to do? My children were already, um, because I had my children so young, they were already graduated from high school. Uh, one is married. No, both are married, actually. Two are married. One is in college. And I was really living an empty nester life. I didn't have it. Actually, it happened at a good time because I didn't have anyone to take care of myself. Mm. anyone to worry about really but myself so thank god for that exactly <laughs> so um i i had a lot of uh friends um in kentucky that i i met actually from the middle east if you can believe it mm. and they encouraged me to do something different they actually encouraged me to teach english <laughs> You know, a lot of them befriended me because they wanted to practice their English with me. Right. Um, and uh, so I looked into that, and I wanted my goal was to go to the Middle East initially, right. but I because I had twenty five years of corporate buying experience, yeah, but no teaching experience. <laughs> China was the only place that opened its doors to me, so I came here. I started off with Disney because mm. they have a program uh, they used to before COVID. Had a, a English program here teaching children to teach English. And I worked with them until 2020. <laughs> when everything changed, 2020? Everything changed, yes. And now I am a full-fledged kindergarten teacher. And are you China. enjoying it? I love it. You love it? I absolutely Love it. L-O-V-E. L-O-V-E. Love. I. <laughs> as they say in China. Ooh, I. Ooh. Yes. So I, um, and one of the things I love about it is just less stress. I'm not sitting uh, worrying about margins and profit growth and making millions for someone else. Ooh. When you said making millions for someone else, I just cringed. Yeah. Uh, and that is the sad truth of many of our lives. We mm. tend to, not tend to, we are put in positions or we have to be put into positions. We choose positions um, that would satisfy our lives so yeah. far. Uh, and with doing so, we are also providing someone else with millions and millions and millions and millions. But I, I suppose that is just a trend of life. It's the trend, and it left me with nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it left me with, well, I would say financially, you know, I didn't gain from it. Mm. Uh, but, um, yeah, so now I'm here, and um, it's a different world, especially at my age. Everyone, most uh, of the industry, when, I, when you talk about the ESL industry. Yeah, English. Yes, <laughs> English as a second language or teaching English as a second language. Um, the average age is like 25. Of teachers that of teach? teachers, yeah. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by, you know, uh, I hate to say kids, but I'm, su I'm surrounded by individuals. Thank that you. Are <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that are younger than my children. So that... You know, that's been a challenge. That, um, I could imagine that would be a, a challenge. Uh, what have, well, seeing as that it's a challenge, what have you experienced about seeing 25-year-olds or 20-something-year-olds working around them? What have you noticed about us, should I say, <laughs> or our generation <laughs> that is particularly either shocking or interesting or... You know what I Surprising. what I found is so this is uh, the individuals that I'm dealing with or that I associate with here is a niche group. Mm. This group of um, young people are very resourceful, very adventurous, are risk takers, uh, and uh, very smart. You know, and 
And it makes me wish that I had done something like that at their age, what they're doing now. Um, like leaving home? Leaving, leaving, not just leaving home, but leaving your country to come somewhere that is totally different than what you're familiar with. Yeah. It's, it's, I found that for some, it had been a huge challenge. For me, um, not so much. I don't know why. But I, I didn't have much of culture shock. I didn't have much of a challenge integrating. Yes, I could, I could agree with you that with that because I don't think I had a culture shock as much as I had a culture shock with people that were also foreign to China. Mm. I I was more shocked by their culture than mm. Chinese culture. Yes, which is weird. <laughs> I'll, yes, I'll meet Americans. I'll meet. Europeans, I mean, British people, because they're not European anymore. Australians. Australians, you know, Brazilians. Mm. And that is when I'm learning most of the cult different cultures. That's when I'm getting different culture shocks. And I will say, I'd, I'll admit, I have to admit that because I'm South African, I kind of put myself on a bit of a pedestal when it, be when it comes to being able to adapt to different cultures. Because... Right we are the most culturally diverse country that there is. You know, you have all of them. Every single culture you can think of, you probably might find in South Africa. Not all of them, yeah. but quite a few. You can say the same for America as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, America is, is a melting pot as much mm. as uh, some people want to deny that. Uh, we have every culture. I've I've interacted with every culture in the United States as well. But you're right to that in that sense where now you're you're truly uh, integrated with all those different cultures, cultures at the same time. I mean, you can go to um, a section of town here in uh, Shanghai and you can hear the kids playing with each other and they're speaking in English and Spanish and mm. French, mm. you know, and all these different languages. And they're going back and forth with it. And it just it, it astounds me. I'm like, wow. It's so cool. It's so cool it's to so see that. It's so cool. And that's where I think a lot of, especially if you are in a different country that is not your home home country, mm. you might integrate with people of a different culture. And if you happen to get into a relationship and have children with them, I think, I would hope that your intention now is to also groom your kids to be international yes. children. Global um, citizens. Global citizens. And I think that's very important for, as civilization moving forward, to be, I don't want to say the word tolerable or tolerate other uh, inter, uh, other cultures. I think it should be a natural state of mind where we, we recognize that there's different cultures and we accept them for their different cultures and we respect them yes. more than anything respected. So if you're raising your kids to be international global citizens... You get a thumbs Bravo. up. Bravo. <laughs> and, but getting back to you, because we went on a bit of a tangent. Uh, why Shanghai? Uh, it was where the job was. It's where the job was. Because it could have been Hangzhou or it any other place. That is where Disney sent me. They sent me here to Shanghai. And I'm, I'm so glad that they did. I think I would have been happy anywhere in China now that I've gotten to know the country a little bit more yeah. after almost three years. But Shanghai is such an international diverse city, and it, it it made the transition for me very easy. Yeah, yeah. it does make the transition yeah. easy. I would agree. I would agree with that a lot. Yeah, but I didn't choose Shanghai. <laughs> I want to say Shanghai chose me. So... so yeah, I would say too, mm. really. Um, mm. What was going through your mind when you finally decided to... This is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. You're just going to take... You're going to get on a flight. You're going to... I don't know how many hours away is it from... It was about 16 hours. 16 hour York. flight. Mm. Boom. I don't know why I'm making the sound effects, but you <laughs> land in China, <laughs> in Shanghai airport, whether it be Pudong or... Hong Chao. I was blown away. <laughs> I really was. I've heard so um, many things about China, mostly negative things yeah. about China. And I had this very, um, I don't know, foreign, 
I don't know if foreign is the right word, but very old thinking. You know, mm. I, I'm thinking I'm going to land in the middle of a village. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know and, what you're and, saying. And, and see a lot of, you know, rice, rice paddy fields. and Which is kind of upsetting in a weird way because I wouldn't mind seeing a bit of that right now. I wouldn't either because I'll, this is truly a concrete city. Yeah, it's a concrete jungle. Yeah. Uh, everything is concrete. The air is not that great at all. Yeah. I miss clean air a yeah. lot. But it's gotten better since COVID. Ish. 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 I mean, we still have our moments where, you know, we're just like, come on, guys, what are we go- What are we doing here? You know, we need to be a little bit more yeah. safe and stuff. But it's, it's a whole process of things. I think I've appreciated coming to Shanghai and just the culture. It wasn't a culture shock more than it was. Uh, I was open to learning more. And it's the same as me. So once I landed here... Actually, I was just ready to get to work because mm. I, um, I had a lot of ground to cover. I have a lot of ground to cover. Being over 50, I just wanted to, you know, get to work. I hadn't, fortunately, I was laid off in April and I was he April 2018 and I arrived in Shanghai in October of that same year. So that was the fortunate thing. Yeah. So I was just ready to really get to work. Get going. Get to work and make some money and uh, see what this life was all about. So you have completely moved job careers. Yes, total different careers. It's changed. Excuse me, complete change. What are you realizing? What are you taking from the benefits of being a teacher versus where you work? Do you still miss what what the job job occupation or your career train that you were following? I don't miss anything of it at all. Straight Nothing up. at all. Okay, <laughs> I miss the six figures. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. I miss making the money, but I'm you know, I'm making money now. I'm not making what I used to make, but I I, I don't miss the stress. I don't miss the the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't miss. Uh, you know, trying to, you know, just trying to make money every day for someone that, or for something that is not totally going to benefit me or mm-hmm. or provide any real change uh, as a whole. We're here, you know, every time I go into my classroom, I am affecting someone's or life. many lives. Yes. You know, uh, I'm preparing these babies to go on to primary school to yeah. be better citizens. And the, the great thing that I love about kindergarten is that um, I am preparing them, not just, you know, giving them a good or forming a good English foundation for them, but I'm giving them life skills. Yes. And and uh, because, you know, I my children are back in the United States, I'm also fulfilling that maternal desire or need that I that I, I need to after you know, three children still. Yes, I, I'm a very maternal person. So which is why kindergarten fits me. Yeah. So it fulfills that need for me. So you would never think of transitioning back maybe in China? to the same job occupation profession no 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 it's absolutely a flat not straight up no, <laughs> no this is where you're it, at this is what you like this is what you love yeah, it sounds like yeah it is and you know maybe as a consultant mm. but that daily grind of trying to um make sales and produce sales no i have no interest in that you're anymore. over it I, I am so over it let's move on yeah. <laughs> With life. <laughs> I am so over it. <laughs> um, so we can already get to, we've already understood that making this move has, has changed your financial status of how much you're gaining, earning yeah. beforehand, right? But you do feel as if the money that you're making is being more, how do I say, 
accommodating yourself more than it is accommodating someone else in a way. So the money you're, you're making a lot more money for other people in your other occupation, mm, right? Mm, and mm. now being a teacher, even though you're making less money, you are yeah, more fulfilled, more fulfilled. And it doesn't feel like it's going away to some sort of big right. institution, right. which I still think it kind of is being a well, teacher. I but... for a, a private, um, a private bilingual school. Mm. So, and, and, and so they are for profit. They are looking to make a profit, but I, I'm not in that business of trying to turn a profit for them. Right. I'm in that business of, of, uh, creating or developing good people. And so instead of creating and developing product, I'm creating and developing good people, people, which is, you know, totally different. And, and I, and I love it. And I wouldn't change a I wouldn't change a thing. I really At wouldn't. All. I would other than maybe I wish there were m- more peers. <laughs> That's Around my struggle your right peers, now. Peers, peers being that <clears throat> of your age or Yeah, of my age cuz this is a young city as well. Yes, a lot of people have said that Shanghai is very much a young city, especially when you talk about the expat community. Maybe mm. not s- so much with the locals but uh when you talk about expats it's a very young city so that are there's a lot of young people yeah. but i feel i don't know i've be, i've for some odd reason i'm coming across a lot more older people as well well you need to introduce them to me oh yeah sorry <laughs> that is my fault uh you with pleasure um but i am coming i guess it's just about your person your personality because yeah. i could say that maybe you could meet a 20 something year old and they are incredibly immature or they're incredibly mature sure and you can meet a 35 and older and they're incredibly immature i've seen those it's crazy Mm -hmm. it's complete opposites and it's not necessarily that they're immature in all facets of their life or all ways of thinking it's just that maybe for that particular moment in that particular interaction, you felt as if they're immature. So it's, I've come to learn as I've grown that different people in my life that I call friends will always offer a different thing to you. You can't have everything from one person. It's it's the same with a relationship. And when I say relationships, I include friendships in my discussion. When I say relationships, I also include family relationships. I, I always think of it as an overall thing, right? You'll not get everything you need from each person. You're not going to get your livelihood, your happiness, everything. You, that's why you need different people in your life. Because and I, they that's one of that. the lessons that I've learned here. Because f- for most of my life, especially prior to coming to China, I was always a person that didn't really interact with anyone younger than me. Mm. You know, I've always uh, interact with folks my age or older. And so now I'm forced to create these relationships with people who are 10, 7, 10, 15, 20 years younger than me. Mm. And I never would have thought I would be in that situation. And I never thought that they could offer me anything. Right. Or uh, that there was any compatibility. And now I'm learning so much from the millennials and oh the and, millennials uh, that, don't say that word I'm sorry I cringe I just made it into the millennial but now I'm like mm. could I just go to Gen, Gen Z maybe I don't know, mm. I don't well, know. I'm just well I, I'm learning so much from from you guys I really am and are we crazy let's be honest yeah <laughs> yeah but um in a good way like I said the the group of of young people that I'm interacting with here is of is a different niche than I would find back at in in United States. A very different mix, a very different niche. They, like I said, they're more adventurous. They're more um, worldly. Yeah, and they're well. More, most of us, mm, I, I think, say the, a good majority. And I've learned so much. I, I I can't. 
I have a really good friend, um, Carlos. I can't tell you how much I've learned from him. And he's 33 years old. Mm. And I've just gleaned so much information from him, you know, professionally as a teacher, personally um, as uh, friends. Mm. And so I, being, you know, a woman over 50, am now just sitting back and, like, being more open to new ideas, new ways of yes. thinking. You can keep your music, but everything else. <laughs> we can keep our uh, music. Everything I mean, else I can embrace. Some, yeah. I, I could introduce you to some cool music, some cool jams that are classic, that defy age, mm. defy everything. Because, I mean, I grew up around my aunts and uncles and my mother and... All there was was old school music. Yeah, and that's part of my reinvention too. Is just learning from like you, different things, and and being open to that. Yeah, because I had gotten to a point prior to losing my job where I was just comfortable where I was. I didn't. I was just doing that day to day grind. Didn't need to really uh, focus on anything else but preparing for retirement. I'm still doing that now, but in a different way, in a different mind space. Right. I, yeah. I think, uh, I think, I think something, and I'll, I'll limit it to me when I speak, because I can't speak for everybody else and everyone else in my generation, but I can say that for me personally, I get very angsty being mm. in one place for too long. Mm. I have like a limitation I of think years. It's part of your, your generation. We're, we just want to keep moving. We want to yes. keep moving. Yes. <laughs> we want to keep moving. So I get, get very, bored very quickly. Very quickly, which can be a strength and it can also be a curse, easily a curse more often than not. Um, I'm not saying more often than not, but I think a lot of the time, and this could be based in different circumstances. It doesn't mean that there's a blanket that we are never patient enough. But I do think that I could be a lot more patient. But I think, you know, one of, again, one of the things that I learned, and this is part of, you know, relearning uh, everything that I thought I knew, mm. that uh, willingness or that impatientness is good in a sense yeah. because you don't come complacent. Yes. And you don't, you know, you, you say, okay, it's time for a change. Mm. Where, you know, people in my generation and older, I've had, prior to coming to Shanghai, I had three jobs over the last 25 years. I've worked for three companies. Our generation, you're looking at exactly. 10, 20. <laughs> Within 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I, I, like I said, I got very comfortable mm. and very complacent. Where, you know, you guys, you you work at a job for maybe a year or two and you're like, okay, it's time for a change. I need to do something different. And it may not be based on making more money. It just mm -hmm. may be based on your individual growth, yeah. personal, professional growth. It's not yeah. doing it for you. Yeah, it's it's everything has its purpose. Everything has its time. Uh, I agree with you. We... We, as a generation, they may speak for myself. They may not speak for people because then people would be upset. <laughs> I don't like people speaking for me either. But for me personally, I do find that I am, I know kind of where I want to go. I know that the process to getting there is not the simplest one. Mm. And throughout the time that I do these things, I have to be very, the things that are filling in the gap between where I want to be and where I will be. I've said it, manifest, will be. There are things that, you know, are in the way, mm. that things that are obstacles. I don't want to call them obstacles, but different challenges that I have to go through. And being in China is a new challenge, but I, I love challenges. Anything that you say, let's try, do it. I'm like, yes, challenge yes. accepted because yeah. I want to try it. You know, skydiving, let's do it. There's yeah. two things that are crazy that we really shouldn't do. We could die, but I'm like, yes, let's do it anyways. Because and I think that's part of my reinvention too, you know. Just live. Yeah, just live. And, you know, and that's another thing that I'm learning from 
being around a younger generation all the time is to take don't be afraid to take more risk and don't be complacent don't be yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be complacent uh, but be patient also and I, I think patience I have is... a lot of patience but I just don't want to sit still is you don't have to sit still mm. to grow yeah that's that's the thing with patience it's not something of sitting still it's not a physical act yeah of staying in some place it's just a way of saying you know what have one thing together maintain that and be intentionable intentionable wow that's not even a word intentional uh about anything else that you want yes. to do so yes. be working on that on the side or wherever you don't it's not that you're patient in the sense of oh i'm not going to move i'm not going to do anything this is what i'm going to do you just always keep open doors and especially other... after last year after last year it taught you that right oh my god 2020 taught us and it it it, it taught me i i can't plan anymore mm. you know i planned my life out particularly when i was you know working through my career in the United States and I realized okay boom can't you know life throws you a curveball and then I get here and you know trying to build my rebuild my life again and you get another curveball thrown at you with mm. 2020 so again I'm learning you know just to roll with the punches mm. And you really can't, there's, for me, for me individually, I feel like I can't plan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Planning is hard. Uh, planning is something which I like to do. Um, however, it's not something that always comes into fruition. I'll, I'll say I plan to do this. I plan to do that. But it's very much based on my actions more than anything. A plan is nothing without execution. It's like you know, an idea with is nothing without execution. But even the best laid plans, and when you start to execute them, mm. I had I had a plan. <laughs> my plan was to come to China, and get my um, and and get my teaching hours in and build up some experience. Right. And then move to the Middle East. Right. And I executed that plan, but. Then there are some things that were just unavoidable mm. that we never saw coming. A pandemic. A pandemic. So that all those plans and the, even the something. execution <laughs> of it, because the execution started and then it was, eh, mm. no more. But um, I'm glad to be where I am now. I really am. And I, I, I still don't know where I'm going to be two, three years from now, where I used to think I did, yeah. which is, in a sense, kind of scary because I, I don't feel like I have enough time left. What? Like I'm running out of time. You feel like you're running out of time? Oh, God, yeah. I feel like I'm running out of time. No, you have so much time. Yes, I but... Wish I, w I wish I could trade places. Well, maybe, because I'd rather be content in a weird way, because I feel, I think at this age in our 20s uh, or early 30s, we are very stressed out. We feel a pressure to accomplish something, to be somewhere, especially millennials. I'm, I don't think you'll ever stop feeling that way because I feel that way right now. So you're never going to stop feeling this way? I feel that way right now. So it's, so, okay, then I should have stayed in the womb. I can't say that for you. <laughs> I should have stayed in the womb. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> stress like this anymore. Yeah, it's, it's and, and it's because of the things that life throws at you and like I said you can have the best laid plans and then a, pan a hundred year pandemic comes along that no one's ever expecting to happen mm. you know illness can come along so I I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer but no you're not sounding you're sounding very realistic but very positively realistic as if you're optimistic that saying that you can always have the best laid plan, but you never know what will happen. So just live kind yes. of in this yes. moment. And that's what I'm doing. Just living now. Live your life. Living. But let's move on to something a little bit more personal. 
mm. as a profession and finances aren't personally en- enough. Per- well, personally to me, that's very personal for me. The, everything else I'm kind of okay with, but relationships and mm. romantics, those really, I think maybe because we're millennials, we just, well, for me, I'm just like, that kind of security, more professional security and financial security is very important to me. Yes, I um, think it's important for everyone. But I think often, sometimes we we don't appreciate what relationships can do for people. They can be healthy and they yeah. can, you know, they can push people forward. Yes. Uh, so what I would like to ask is, how is the scene romantically? Mm. Because Wagwan, what happened? Uh, are you still in a relationship with your significant other, or? Well, I didn't have a significant other prior to coming here. Prior to coming, so you yeah. were. Could you give us a breakdown, a short one? I was just single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. Uh, I don't know how else you could put it. I was just single. I I had a a very good platonic friend. Yeah, uh, from the Middle East. I mean, and we supported each other, right? Um, in every way possible. But were you married before this? Oh yes, yes. I was. You were. That's where you're getting at. That's where it's I wanted been to so get long. It's like that is. That, it's like ten years ago. Oh my God, twenty. Twenty years ago. Oh yes, yes. So you were married twenty years ago. Yes, we're divorced twenty years ago. Yeah, married more. Yeah, so that's wait what. what? Well, you, well, I'm 53. <laughs> but like, I'm 53. So you got married at what age then? Oh, how old was I? I was in, I, I don't even remember. I was in my 20s. And uh, I got divorced maybe five years later. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. So marriage, yes, no? Huh? Marriage, yes, no to, are you down for marriage in the future? What would you say to the rest of us still. don't give don't give up on love someone i have a very close cousin uh back in the united states and he talked to me about the importance of touch mm. and 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 love and and having someone you know important in your life mm. and he was preaching that to me because i have been single for so long and i'm like i don't I don't need no man. I'm it's not even that. It's <laughs> this, this, that's just not the space that I was in. Right, fair. And so it didn't hit me until last year. Really? Yeah, when we were all like quarantined and we couldn't touch and we couldn't yeah. feel and we couldn't, I mean, feel another person or hug another person or because we were locked down here for what six months or it felt like maybe it four felt like six months yeah, yeah four or five months but that's a long time mm. to not be able to interact with someone that's a long time to be alone in your in your space so that's when it hit me okay it's okay to you really need that interaction you really need that touch of another person it's a it's a physical it's a need a human need <laughs> touch is a physical yeah. touch is a human need yeah um we all need it and you can and it's not necessarily sexual it's just yeah no i agree it's never well from in my head i i think sexual is a it's it's by default mm. when everything else physical has happened you know it's it exactly comes naturally, it's a progression it's towards progression that. toward it otherwise it's not the yeah. first but the hand holding the hugging someone um just being in a space with someone i, I realized the importance of that uh in 2020 wow. so although i have been here since 2018 i i didn't date mm. so I, I literally did not start dating or why didn't you start dating i want to this is a very complex question because i think that we uh as a foreigner in china i don't know if the prospects the dating prospects are higher or lower for particularly foreign women um i don't know for me what is your for me it was because of my age, yes, it was hard to find 
a, a like partner, mm. you know, someone my age. That that was my challenge. Right. You know, I'm fifty. I'm fifty three now. I didn't want to be. I'm, I'm not interested in going out with someone that's my daughter's age, or younger. You know, a twenty. But you just said you never know. You've you've been learning so True. much from. So it could be a whole new thing. Who knows? I think that's a little bit too much. I don't know. You'd <laughs> but, be surprised how many people. True, true. <laughs> but, but then the other thing, too, is that I wasn't even interested in dating um, anyone. Mm. Uh, an expat. It, it just was not in my space. And I think that's just conditioning from being, after being divorced, being a single mom for so long. Mm. It just was not in my space. Not to say I didn't, you know date but it wasn't a priority right. and it still wasn't a priority it still isn't a priority really um but uh i i have dipped my toe, dipped <laughs> so, to toe. so to speak uh and it's been a fun experience it's been a fun experience overall yeah and what have you learned about yourself uh i think that's the most important thing i think when what have you learned about yourself getting back into the groove of things, dating vibe in Shanghai? I don't know how to make it more cool by sounding like this, but <laughs> I'm trying to hype it up. I learned, I, I, I learned that I was missing a lot of fun. Mm. Fun is everything. That dating can be fun. It can be. Yeah, and you, and it, and you don't have to... Because uh, I never, like really put myself out there to experience dating and especially experiencing dating outside of my race oh, it was you've never dated outside of your race no what <clears throat> so this has been a, a a totally different experience for me oh is that is it because of how you were brought up and because maybe you're always surrounded by yeah because black people yeah. only yeah Hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't a cultural thing or families. No, because any... no, because I have relatives uh, in my family that uh, have dated outside their race, have children, mm. uh, biracial children. It just wasn't for me <laughs> back then. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, for back then. <laughs> now it's like, whoa, hey, <laughs> new world. Okay, it is a new world. Yeah. I think it's. It, I think uh, dating outside of your races is, is is an experience in itself. It it's is. It's a cultural thing. I, I think a lot of people say, "Oh, it's really tough." You know, a black woman, and they may be very stereotypical: black woman and a white man, or a black man or a white woman, because those are the most extremes, right? Otherwise, no, there's other extremes the, like Muslim and. I, no, I think the extreme is a black woman and a Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> That, you don't see that a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen that at all. Yeah. Have you? I, I Yeah. <laughs> I'm dating a Chinese man. Really? Yeah. How? Dope. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a story in itself. And, it is. And, and how has that been? It's been good. Really? It's been really good. Because we don't know. We don't, we don't, like, I think a lot of us women, foreign women, well, let me speak for myself. Let me always speak for myself. I don't know how to even engage that far with a Chinese man. I I personally feel like I'm digging myself a hole, but I've never seen whether I would be attracted. And maybe because I'm in this age, it's more physically based. I, I'm, I was in that in. same space as you. Yeah? Truly, I was in that same space as you that I never thought that I would be attractive attracted to a Chinese man. Mm. Um, but here I am. <laughs> here you are. Here I am. And it's been, you know, the. I think the challenge right now, at least for us, he and I, is just understanding um, each other's cultural mm. differences. Uh and it's, it's I don't know how and, and not necessarily the obvious maybe it is obvious but you know he has um, he has challenged me on 
my feelings on racism mm. in the United States, and I've challenged him on communism here in China. But isn't that the best? I <laughs> yeah. I think I personally don't think that it's a bad thing to. People think, oh, we're arguing, or you oh, know, no, no, we're. No, no, no. I, and I'm thinking, I'm like, no, we're having maybe a bit of a disagreement, but I think it's a challenge because you're pushing me to think in a certain way. Yeah, and or trying to open my eyes to certain things that、exactly. I may not have realized beforehand, and I think that's great. I、yeah. think, I think I like that kind of conflict because、yeah. good conflict, personally. Yeah, I like that conflict because it always allows for. More knowledge, more learning, and I think that's and the growth. best thing. And growth, and growth, especially and growth towards each other.、Mm. You know, especially if it's done、um, respectfully. Yes, respectfully is the key thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Communication、mm. in a very calm manner、yeah. is a very big thing, and、um, it helps that he's fluent in English,、yeah. so you can have you those、say. very in depth. Because is have... he teaching you Chinese though? No. What? No, come he, on. He, he doesn't have the patience for that. <gasps> no, fair. Yeah, I understand. It's it's a long yeah need patience to teach anything. And he was and and he was very、uh, honest about it. He's, he's I, I just don't. If I have a question, yes, of course he will answer it. If um and and if I need to go somewhere where I need a translator,、mm. he's my translator. Yes. Uh, but as far as sitting down and you know. Going through the phases of drilling and teaching me new words. No, he's, that's not、yeah, going to happen. It's not for everyone. It's it's fairly and 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 actually, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, I think it's also nice to not even bring the whole learning a different language within the relationship. Sometimes, I mean, it's for some people it could work, but I think I like to get it from outside. And if I have questions, then, then you know you can refer. But I think it's. Hey, whatever suits anyone. I I don't really. I'm not bothered by what works. But I'm、people. shocked that you were shocked that I、um, was dating a, a, a Chinese guy. Because your, your I did face not, was no. I did not. I I mean I've seen it. I think I've seen it, not in China.、Mm. Right. I've seen it outside of China, where you will have a Chinese man with a African and African American woman, or elsewhere in the world. Yeah. But I I haven't seen it here, and I I really, you know, I did not expect. I, ne- I never expected it. And、so. now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen it other than weird. But we don't get, you know, stares or double takes. Yeah. I but I haven't seen another. I have not seen another black woman or woman of color. Yeah. With the. Chinese、yeah. or local man. Yeah, yeah I haven't、local. seen one either. But hey, you never know. You might just be the person that starts the whole. I doubt trade. it. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. We just haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> But you never know. The number's going to come up now.、Mm. Uh, so to start wrapping this up a little bit, because we've spoken about most of your life, really, kind of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Is there anything from Your experiences、um, that you would possibly like to advise anyone, whether it be the younger generation, the millennials, and the Gen Xers,、hmm. and or it be you know people who are more of your age demographic. I would say for people you know in my demographic. Especially ones that have found themselves in a position like I was in the United States,、uh, is to be open-minded, to do different things, to do a different thing.、Mm-hmm. I don't know too many people my age that would have packed up their whole life and moved to another country,、uh, but you don't have to do that. To make a change, that's just what I did. So, but be open to change. Like I said earlier, we can get so complacent in our day-to-day routine, and then when we get a, a curveball thrown at us, we may not, we don't know what to do. And so, be open to that, and to listen,、uh, be open to getting 
advice and information from someone that's maybe a little bit younger than you? Yeah, listen. I think listen is a big one. Yeah. For all cultures, yeah. all ages, all races. I everyone. think you can learn listen. from anyone. Yes. Listen, yeah. listen, listen, listen. Yeah. And, um, but li- listen and uh, try experience as well. Uh, because listening can only get you so far i've also realized yeah i think i you know i try my best to listen as much as possible i i'm not saying i'm perfect i i feel if to say i'm perfect would to would be to imply that i have no growth left in Mm-mm-mm. me so i always think that i can get better but i always realize that when i have a thought that might be somewhat against what someone has said before I, before I respond, I have to realize their experience is completely different from mine. And what they don't know and what I don't know will never be known unless mm-hmm. those we trade shoes. Right. So I think that's important, that listening with mindfulness is yes. really important as well. well. Well, my friend back in America used to say to me, listening to understand. Yes. Listening to understand or listening to respond. There's two types of listening. Exactly. (laughs) And I think most of the time we we are listening to respond. And sometimes we need to sit back and just absorb Uh, what we are. I do. Yes. I I think I've reached a lot of lines sometimes when I, I, I it's a very big weakness of mine. But when I realize that. I have I've had a lot of crazy experiences before I've even reached the age of 21 um, with friends, losses and everything. And you realize how certain traumas build you. Mm. And you can also realize that some people might have not experienced the same sort of trauma and it can affect how their thought process works. Now, God bless them. They're lucky enough not to have. Um, they're very lucky. But you keep living. But you keep living, right? You keep living and you keep going. But I, I, those are the things that will affect someone's response, like their experience, what they've seen, what they haven't seen. Um, I think more often than not, we also don't pay attention to the nuances and we don't even want to know about the nuances that are present in every person's life. We do have a lot. I, I, I know a few people that have that head in the sand. Yeah lifestyle or or yeah. way of thinking yeah. and they don't want to no 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 yeah and and they don't want to um see anything different mm. and so like i said i i have a lot of friends in my demographic friends and family that um were thrown a blow and and they either made a huge change in their life recognized or they just rolled up in a ball in the corner and yeah so don't do that i know i'll i'll i might cry inside but you'll never see it yeah <laughs> well that may not be too healthy either. no it's not healthy <laughs> it's not healthy i'm trying to learn to be a little bit more open with my feelings and yeah. vulnerable but it's very difficult it's it's probably because of my upbringing my family's pretty hardcore <laughs> they're pretty most hardcore. black families most are, black families no are matter so. if it's american or south african they just you're like what are you crying for <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you kind of have to get up and you kind of have to keep moving and being that i'm the only person from the whole family both father and mother's side i'm alone here in terms of the only person international mm-hmm. right now in the family whilst this whole thing is going on Same. and i'm the youngest so it's a little bit crazy you're like what's going on is she okay but some parties in my family being my aunt and uncle those that are well traveled and stuff i think when when they realized that i was just gonna go they supported me 100 percent. yeah and they knew i could deal with it same (laughs) same with me you know um i'm sure some of them were like her old ass is gonna get (laughs) go all the way to china what the hell is wrong with her (laughs) but um then they they realized okay she's doing it She's doing it. She doesn't do it. No, I won't be done for a long, long time. Well, she's she's left. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That part. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But I'm not done. Not nearly. I like that attitude. We're not done. Um, and we're not done with life, and we should never stop pushing forward and living. And I think that's what we can really 
gain from this conversation. And I thank you for being on this podcast. Uh, thank you for inviting me. No, thank you. You <laughs> gave, this was an eye opening and you gave more, well, different perspectives and things that we don't necessarily hear about at our age as millennials. And we don't really think about because we're thinking, we never really think what would happen if we had to reach age of 50 and everything completely changed, mm. what would you do? We're not thinking that way. We're thinking about now, which is good. Also healthy. Think yeah. about now. But to get this perspective is an absolute, I can't even explain it. There are no yeah. words to describe how of a blessing it is to actually get this perspective. And Yeah, the bet I would say is if I was, if um, the best thing I can give you or to say is, Always be prepared for that curveball. <laughs> be prepared. Yes, be prepared. Stay prepared. Yes. Everything goes in your ear, but you can't forget from sundown.